0: Story time. Joe Biden knows about the existence of the cryptids. Hear me out. So, just for a backstory. I had always known that there was something strange lurking in the woods. As a young boy, I had heard the tales of strange creatures and bizarre sightings from the old timers in the small town nestled in the mountains. But as I grew older and took on the role of park ranger, I began to see things with my own eyes. Creatures that couldn't be explained by science or folklore. Cryptids. At first, I tried to brush it off as my imagination or the product of an overactive mind. But the sightings became more frequent, and I couldn't ignore them any longer. I knew that I had to tell someone, to share the truth about these mysterious beings. So, I confided in my supervisor, a grizzled old ranger, Tom, my father's friend, who had been on the job for decades. But to my surprise, Tom already knew about the cryptids. In fact, he had known about them for years and had been sworn to secrecy by the government. Yes, you heard that right. By the Biden administration. I was shocked and confused. How could the government be keeping the existence of these creatures a secret? And why? Tom wouldn't give me any answers only warning me to keep quiet and not to tell anyone else about what I had seen. But I couldn't just sit back and do nothing. I knew that the public had a right to know about the creatures living in deep woods. So, I made the decision to go public with the information. At first, no one believed me. The local media laughed at my claims, dismissing them as the ramblings of a crazy park ranger. They said I'm crazy. I also tried to google my name, it doesn't show anything. Also, why didn't major mainstream media share the article that local media posted? Later I found out. The government was not amused. They probably saw me as a threat, someone who could potentially expose their secrets and undermine their authority. And so, they began to hunt me. I'm not joking. Two men in black came to my house. Before they knocked. I escaped through the rear window. I knew that I had to go into hiding, and fast. I fled into the deep woods, hoping to lose myself in the wilderness and avoid capture. As I wandered deeper into the forest, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. I heard strange noises in the underbrush, and every so often I caught a glimpse of something moving just out of the corner of my eye. And then, one night, I saw it. A creature unlike any I had ever seen before. It was tall and lanky, with long, sinewy limbs and a face that seemed to be half-human and half-animal. I froze, unsure of what to do. As I stood there, staring at the creature, two men in a black suit appeared out of nowhere. I could see the glint of a weapon in their hands, and I knew that I was in trouble. The two men in black seemed to be working together, trying to subdue the beast. My survival instincts kicked in, and I turned and ran. I could hear the man, but also the creature chasing after me, but I didn't look back. I just kept running, pushing myself to the limit. Finally, I burst out of the woods and into the clearing, panting and sweating. I had no idea where I was or how far I had run, but I didn't care. I was just grateful to be alive. As I collapsed to the ground, I couldn't help but wonder what other secrets lay hidden in the depths of the forest. Horror den of misfits, I'm writing you in hope that you'll share my story and truth out there. As I'm writing this to you, I know that I would never be able to shake the memory of the man in black and the mysterious creature I had encountered in the woods. In the summer of 2012 I took a job as an expedition canoe guide on the boundary waters in northern Minnesota slash Ketico Southern Ontario. These are a massive wilderness area of lakes and land. I was working for the Boy Scouts and we were based on Moose Lake on the US side. My job was to facilitate a fun and safe multi-day trip, anywhere from 7 to 12 days out. Most of that summer was typical but one expedition in particular still haunts me as a result of what happened to us over the course of a few days. Here is the account in full. My crew was on the younger side. There were nine of us total, the maximum allowed in a group per our permit. There were six scouts, two adult advisors, scoutmasters, and myself. They had wanted to do a 200 miler but didn't have the physical ability so we had to amend our route. They were bummed out so I decided to take them to a waterfall called Eddie Falls. It's pretty flat up there so a waterfall is somewhat rare, but that decision would end up putting us in the path of something. We visited the falls and camp near to it. That evening I had the boys working on camp setup while the advisors worked on fire for dinner. I was collecting firewood in a big tangle of down trees, brush, and bramble. I could faintly hear the falls off to my left when out of nowhere I hear the most unearthly scream slash roar I've ever heard. It stopped me dead in my tracks and I was frozen. The second scream was closer, and the third closer. I couldn't see anything due to the thickness of the brush, but whatever this was it was coming directly at me. By the fourth scream I could feel it in my chest. I got nauseous and involuntarily barked at it. I've never before or since heard that sound come out of my body. The fifth scream almost physically hurt, but it snapped me back to reality and I ran back to camp. My crew had heard it too, but what am I to tell them? I claimed it was boar. There's no boar up there, and the advisors knew I was lying, but didn't call my bluff. After dinner they went to their tents and I retired to my hammock about 50 yards from camp. As a rule I always set my hammock at my head height so about six feet up. I would use a tarp over my body and head to keep the morning dew off and the morning mosquitoes at bay. But the tarp wasn't strung up, that's important, it was just loosely over me. It must have been around 3 to 4 AM when I was awakened by what sounded to me like a woman sobbing. Not an outright cry, but a sob. At the same time I'm hearing something walking through the thick brush down past my feet. So I listen, Totally still and quiet as it crosses into camp. I could hear the change from brush to granite rock but could still hear its heavy footfalls as it walked right through camp. And on towards me. At this point the tarp is still over my head so I can't see a thing and I don't know what to do. In no time it was standing right next to me. I could hear the breathing, loud and congested sounding. I could smell the musk. I could feel its enormous presence only inches from my body just standing there. Time to make a decision. I suddenly threw the tarp off my head and as I did this my left hand touched this thing in the chest. It was dark, but I could make out briefly a very large upright figure. The hair on it was long and coarse. The musculature was impressive, bodybuilder status pectoral is what I touched. It all happened in a second, and as soon as my hand made contact it bolted back into the brush with immense speed for such thick debris. By the time I got my headlamp on it was gone. My crew had slept through it all so I read until the sun came up and decided not to mention it. The next day we moved on a few miles towards base camp and camped on a small island. Campsites on the US side are designated by a fire pit and a grumper which is a fiberglass toilet over a deep hole. We were just arriving and it was evening. One of the adult advisors needed to visit the grumper so he walked towards it. About two minutes later we heard him yelling and he came running back to camp still pulling his pants up and said that he'd just seen a gorilla run right in front of him. I asked if maybe it was a bear and he said absolutely not, that he'd hunted bear for years and it was not no bear. It was a monkey and it was about 9 feet tall. At this height estimate I'm imagining being back in my hammock. If I touched the chest and I was about 6 feet off the ground. That puts the head close to 9 feet up. Was it stalking us? Was there more than one? The boys are now scared, time to mitigate. I suggest a night paddle. No one's sleeping anymore anyway so we packed back up and set out at around 8 PM and paddled by headlamp for several miles. My plan was to get back onto Moose Lake and camp very near to base so we could be the first crew off water the following day. Moose Lake is connected to Newfound Lake by a small pinch and a channel of water that's not very deep or wide. There's dark woods on both sides. We were right in the middle of the pinch when a rock the size of a basketball came flying out of the woods on the right side and narrowly missed the bow of the canoe I was steering. There's no cliff there. This thing was forcefully thrown at us from the tree line. At this we paddled like hell. We paddled to the center of Moose Lake, tied all three canoes together and we sat out there all night. With the sunrise we paddled to base camp and ended our expedition. They did not want to talk about what happened and I was okay with that. They left for Oklahoma the next day. After they left I went to work a shift in the canoe yard helping crews offload. My buddy Justin got back that day from a trip in the same area we had been in, Bear Loop, and as I was helping him put a boat on the rack I noticed he had a distant look, almost a thousand yard stare. I asked how his trip went and he said it was all good until they hit Knife Lake slash Newfound Lake. He said they were being messed with for two nights on Knife and then had a rock thrown at them in the Newfound Pinch. Sure enough for a solid two weeks after that crews kept coming back from that area with very similar stories. One night there was a crowd of us guides in the staff lodge swapping trail stories and these encounters came up one after another. Screams, rocks, sightings of apes. Then from the back corner of the room I hear a chuckle. It's one of the old veteran guides who'd been there for over a decade. All he said was it's about time somebody else seen one. I asked how long he'd known they were there. He said he's been encountering them for 10 years. The he said they talked to me. This shocked me. Like a language? I asked. No, they communicate telepathically. The less you acknowledge them the less they'll bother you, but they can read you and they like it when you're afraid. It's like a game to them. What happened out there is still a big question in my mind. I've always been open to the idea of Sasquatch. Their existence was never a huge stretch for me. But what really sticks with me is the way that veteran guides spoke of their intelligence and parapsychological abilities. That they can read human emotion as clear as pages in a book. That they know our species better than we know ourselves. In December of 2005 me and a few high school friends were back home from our respective universities. We were juniors at the time and started a tradition winter break of freshman year to visit random state parks slash smaller towns and explore them, along with the occasional mischief that we would end up getting ourselves into. During these one-night trips, the three of us would all sleep in the back of my Tahoe, on a large mattress pad. This kept us safe from the elements, and set my paranoid mind at ease should we be subject to any foul play. We decided this year to go to the Davy Crockett National Forest area. This area has many places that are extremely rural and desolate, which was exciting because we had previously found some interesting things and abandoned structures on our previous excursions. I had used up the rest of my university printing credits to print detailed MapQuest pages for us to use for navigation while we were visiting. The drive was roughly two hours from our hometown, Conroe. We decided to start the trip off in Lufkin, just east of the National Forest, to eat dinner and get a few things from Walmart. After dinner, we decided to mess around and get into our shenanigans. A few hours later we found ourselves in Crockett, Texas, about an hour west of Lufkin. We planned on staying in a campground about halfway between the two cities, so had a lot of flexibility when it came to time. We explored random roads and went in a few abandoned buildings, before getting bored and wanting to go somewhere else. By this time it was 12.30 am. At this point in the night I needed an energy boost, so decided to stop at a gas station in Kennard, Texas, which was about 30 minutes east of Crockett. I go inside and buy a few snacks, energy drinks, and a few cans of Skull to give us some fuel for the rest of the night. With a nice buzz from the energy drink and Skull going, we decided to get a little more adventurous and venture down FM 357, south of Kennard. We came across a few forest service roads, that ventured off into rural residential roads, and other county roads. I pull off on the side of the road to check MapQuest, and match the cross streets we are at and give it to my other two friends to assist with navigation. After getting back onto the road, I notice it is 1.30am and we all joke about how we are miraculously are still awake. I decided to head down the next service road we came across. This is where things start to get pretty weird, and where parts of my memory are erased due to the sheer adrenaline I had at the time. After driving down a few more service roads and taking random turns, we get to a road that is much more narrow compared to the others. By this time, I get incredibly frustrated because it is almost 2.15 am and I don't want to stumble into someone's front yard in a rural area in the middle of the night. I decided to slowly proceed down the road when suddenly I noticed a faint light in the distance. Great, I thought. Just great. I'm about to spook some random poor soul awake. About 30 seconds later I can tell these are headlights, but they suddenly disappeared. I thought someone may have turned up ahead, but I was very wrong. About 10 to 15 seconds later I see what appeared to be a brand new black Chevy Suburban. The second I put my high beams on it its lights turned on and three men dressed in full suits jump out and sprint down the road past my car. It was almost like they were lifeless. They didn't even look at my car. As they were running past me, the Suburban suddenly shifts into reverse and conducts the fastest reverse maneuver I have ever seen. At this point I unholster my G26 and tell my friends to grab my R. We were all scared shitless and I had zero clue what we were about to come up on, as we drove forward. Mind you these were the days where cell phone coverage was non-existent in many areas of this region of the state, so we had no way to call for help if something happened. As we reached the end of the road, we came upon FM 357, the same road we originated from. How was this possible I thought. It felt like we were just venturing further and further away from that road, and we passed a US Forest Service fire station again on the way out like we had on the way in too. I recently checked Google Maps for any US Forest Service fire station off of FM-357 and cannot find any current or past historical data on it. The county tax assessor does not have any listings either. We got back on FM-357 and decided to book it to downtown Crockett as we did not feel comfortable with sleeping in a campsite after what had just happened. I have since made sure to never venture down unknown roads without referencing GPS-slash-maps. I am still processing that short but unsettling event. Where did those men come from? Why were they in suits in the middle of the forest? Where did the black suburban go that vanished into the night? Me and my friends still occasionally talk about this incident, and no one can seem to come up with a found explanation. The thing that bothers me the most is I cannot find any evidence of this road we were on. Google Earth software doesn't even have a road or satellite imagery that lines up with what happened, nor does it have evidence of a fire station, or any structure for that matter. So basically, to preface this, I live in a very rural area and there's deep woods by my house. Just a few minutes ago, I started hearing a weird noise. It sounded like whistling. Not the wind whistling, but a human whistle. Very loud, enough to be heard from inside my house. It was a simple tune, one high note, one low note. Anyway, this was coming out of the woods. It started as one of these patterns about every 4 or 5 seconds, Then took about a minute long pause and started again, this time without any pause at all between the high and low notes or sets, and much faster. I thought it was just my imagination, but then my neighbor's dog started barking at it. Then, out of nowhere, it stopped. Then, another, similar noise started about two minutes later, except it sounded like someone playing panpipes or another similar instrument, with a haunting tune. The neighbor's dogs barked even louder at this. It's been on this stop-start-stop pattern for a while now, and still going while I write this post. My little brother who was playing outside with a friend came in, and I asked him if he heard it, and he said he did. So did the friend. I really, sincerely, want to believe this is just the wind. Until I get confirmation it is, I know one thing for certain. I'm never going in those woods again. When I was approximately 13 or maybe 14 years old, 2003 to 2004, I went on a camping trip with my mother and stepfather and my four younger siblings. We were not a very well-off family. In fact, we were quite poor. I never went on holidays abroad and we would always go camping, usually to the same campsite which felt like miles away but was in reality less than 10 miles from the city where we lived. We had been there a few times previously and knew the campsite and the surrounding area fairly well. It felt pretty safe and familiar. On this occasion, everything was going pretty normal. I hated camping, my parents would always argue when it came to putting up our tent. It was pretty boring being in the woods and I would normally be the one entertaining my siblings. I hated not having electricity, access to proper toilets and showers, etc. It could be quite fun looking back, and I do treasure the memories I have with my stepdad who is no longer with us. Usually, we would go on long hikes or bike rides, with my stepdad using maps to charter our way to a small village, promising to get us all ice cream, which was a real treat as we never normally had it. On this camping trip we were going to go on a 10-mile bike ride. Both my parents had their own bikes, along with my sister and I, My stepdad's bike had the small trailer where my three younger siblings, all under the age of five, were sat. It was hard work going on these epic long bike rides but I rather enjoyed being in the middle of the woods, surrounded by nature. We weren't in the middle of nowhere, but it was remote enough for it to be inaccessible to public transport. Only forest ranger type vehicles could access the roads, they weren't real roads paved with tarmac more like dirt roads which were really only suited for bicycles. During all the times we went camping, we never saw any other vehicles go down these roads. On this day, we are all cycling down this road when suddenly we hear the sounds of a vehicle coming up slowly behind us. My stepdad is in front of us when he stops and tells us to move aside to let the vehicle come pass. There's a sense of urgency and confusion in his tone as he's unsure why there's even a vehicle here. The vehicle passes us and we are expecting to see a forest ranger vehicle, you know, like a 4x4 pickup or Land Rover type of vehicle, but instead we see an estate slash station wagon type of car with a long body and a large trunk with a window at the back. In the back of this station wagon I see several large trash bags, and it's a very strange sight. I may only be a teenager but this is a sight that sets off alarm bells for several reasons. This is not a car that is designed for going off-road in the woods. As previously mentioned, we have never encountered any vehicles down this bike road before. The person driving is clearly not lost as they didn't stop to ask for directions. There are big black trash bags in the back of the car that look very suspicious. What I mean by this point, they are full and tied up very tightly. We could all see into the back of the car and I didn't see anything poking out of the bag to indicate it was full of garbage. The driver looked very rough and I don't mean to sound rude, he looked very mean. I can't recall his features, just that he didn't look like a friendly person that belonged in the countryside. He wore dark clothing. I think he was clean-shaven and had very short hair. I wish I remembered more about what this man looked like. As if this incident couldn't get any stranger, What took place next has left such an impression on me that I still recall the sense of fear that I felt at the time as I write this post. My palms are getting very sweaty and my heart is racing. The car drives on several more feet. Then the driver stops. For what feels like the longest time in my entire life nothing happens. We're all just watching this car. My stepdad has told us to remain still. He's very serious as he's assessing the situation. Then, the car's reverse light comes on and the car starts reversing up to us. My stepdad, who was in the army for several years and was one of the toughest guys I knew, goes into full-on panic mode, he tells us to run. We don't even get on our bicycles to ride, instead we all flee on foot, running with our bicycles through the woods until we find a railway bridge which we had previously passed over. We never looked back. I have no idea if the man in the car got out to go after us. I don't know if he just continued driving. I have no idea who he was or what was in those bags. We never really spoke about what happened that day. I know it was something that seriously scared my stepdad because of his response. And it's left frightened about who I might encounter in the woods until this very day. While we lived in this house my dad was military. So we moved around a lot, like a lot a lot. It seemed like every 4 years we were getting stationed in another state. We had just been stationed in Colorado Springs. And I was seriously excited. I had missed the snow after being in Texas for the last 4 years. The house that my parents rented for us seemed pretty nice. It was really big. Had more than enough rooms and it even had an awesome basement. I was really excited about the basement, having a room that was underground and pretty much soundproof from the outside seemed perfect. We had only been there for a couple of weeks and we were all settling in pretty quickly. We were so used to moving that it no longer was a big deal. I had just finished setting up my drums in the basement and was about to get the amp for my guitar plugged in and everything would be perfect. Things were coming along nicely and I was very happy that my parents were letting me make this area of mine. I hadn't been able to really play in a while. I sat back on the couch that they bought for me, and strummed a little. Testing the sound and ensuring I had it all tuned up and the amp dialed in just right. Suddenly the room got colder. Didn't really phase me though. This wasn't my first rodeo with a cold state. I leaned back, closed my eyes and played my favorite song by memory. Having my own musical space away from my little brother was honestly perfect. No one could touch my stuff or mess with my settings. The peaceful feeling didn't last long though. I was just hitting the second bridge when I heard it. It sounded like nails on a chalkboard, and gave me goosebumps. I hate that sound. I opened my eyes and looked around wildly trying to understand where it was coming from. That's when the light started flickering but I mean this house was pretty old. So maybe the wiring was janky. I decided to head upstairs, I mean maybe my parents could contact the landlord and have someone come check out this wiring for us. I had made it about halfway up the stairs when the door slammed shut. I stopped on my tracks and stared at the door. What on earth is going on? I ran up the last of the stairs and tried to open the door. It wouldn't budge. Panic was taking over and I started banging on it. I was legitimately terrified. I screamed for my mom and my dad. Even my brother. But no one was responding. I started trying to rationalize what was happening. If no one was answering maybe they were playing a prank. On me using this logic I calmed down and went back downstairs. If they wanted to scare me I wasn't going to act like nothing was going on. I just started playing again when I started to feel the couch shift. I tried to ignore it though. I was trying to keep my cool. I didn't need to panic when I was stuck in a room and couldn't escape. But soon the movements got harsher. It was definitely jerking around. I pulled my feet up on the couch and grabbed the arm, trying to keep myself from getting hurt while whatever was happening. I knew this wasn't a prank but what could I do? The door was jammed and I couldn't get out. So I started to try to talk to whatever was doing this. I told them that I meant no harm, and I asked them to please let me out. I only made them angrier. The movements got a lot more forceful, and the lights started cutting out. But that wasn't even the worst of it. The sound was back in 10 times louder. It was so loud that my head was starting to hurt. I was officially terrified and didn't know how how to get this to stop. The lights started this day off for longer periods. On, off for 30 seconds. On, off for 30 seconds. And over and over. Soon the couch stopped getting jerked around, but I kept my feet up. I was hopeful that whatever was happening was almost over. I was so wrong. The next time the lights went out there was this low growl. And when they came on, there standing about 10 feet in front of me was a teenage girl probably about sixteen. She was like a mist though. I could literally see my drums through her, but what really scared me was her eyes. They were like empty holes, pitch black and non-existent. In the blood drenching the front of her clothes. At that point I screamed but I think that just made her angry. She turned her eyeless face towards me and the couch lifted in the air three feet before crashing down again. I was begging her to stop. She cocked her head at me and this time when the couch lifted, it stayed. I was floating three feet off the ground watching this thing look at me without any eyes. She straightened her head before throwing it back. Across her throat was this huge cut. I screamed out again and grabbed the couch as it fell. The lights began to flicker again, as if I needed any help being more afraid. She was still there, watching me until the fourth or fifth time the lights flashed. This time when they came on she was gone. The door flew up bin and the room returned to normal temperature. I looked around the room, trying to make sure that I was really alone before standing up. I never ran so fast up the stairs of my life. My parents still don't believe me. No one heard me screaming or begging for help. I never stepped foot down in the basement again. Just today, my friend and I were hiking on some abandoned and unused land. It's really beautiful, with lakes, cliffs, and tons of trees. The hike was going really well, but close to dark, it turned around. My friend whispered to me that they had been thinking of skinwalkers and couldn't stop. This got me thinking of the same, and we decided to head back to the car to eliminate any risk. A few minutes into the hike back we both got horrible feelings and it became apparent that we were not alone. We kept making our way back to the car as fast as we could but it kept getting worse. Both of us experienced blurred vision, and the air suddenly got thick and had a hum to it. It also became incredibly hard to move and we both experienced an intense urge to lay down and stop hiking. We came across an area we hadn't yet hiked through, but was adjacent to there we were and there were so many deer prints in every direction, as if a deer had been rapidly pacing there, and human footprints on the other side of that scramble. There wasn't a clear starting point to the footprints and no evidence of other hikers for miles. The trek back to the car seemed to take 5 minutes and 3 hours simultaneously, so we have no clue how long it took. Neither of us has felt thin sense of dread or been this disoriented before. Do you think we had a close encounter with a skinwalker, or was it something else entirely? I do not have the background knowledge to say what exactly it could be. We are in eastern Kansas if that helps. Any information or ideas are appreciated. Note. I am not trying to offend anyone in my story. I am simply telling the events that I experienced. My friend was thinking of skinwalkers and I am simply looking for advice or ideas as to what I could have experienced. Whatever it was, it was very scary and not a good experience. I said in my post that I did not have the knowledge or experience to claim it to be anything specific, and I hope that doing so would clarify that I was not trying to offend anyone. Thank you to all who have given ideas or kind criticism of my wording. I really appreciate all of it. This happened to my uncle a few years ago. He along with his three other friends decided to have a bachelor's party in the woods as one one his friends was about to get married in the upcoming weeks. So they drove halfway through the city to a nearby forest. They started the campfire and were sitting in a semi-circular manner around it. They were drinking beer and eating chicken along with few other stuff to eat. One of his friends was so drunk that a piece of his chicken that he had in his hand slept off and fell on the ground. Then he threw the half-filled bottle of beer on the ground and went inside his tent to sleep. Minutes later, my uncle and his friends went inside their tents too. While asleep my uncle heard some strange noises coming from the deep woods but he shrugged it off as some wild animal. Few minutes passed by my uncle was awake and he was texting his then girlfriend. Suddenly. The air inside the tent started to get colder and colder. The whole forest got covered in a thick blanket of fog and there was a pungent rotting smell that started to fill the entire area. Then he saw a silhouette of a man standing outside his tent. He was very lean and thin, had no hair on his head. He had very long arms and legs and had a hump on his shoulder. He was like eight to nine eight inches tall. For the next 10 to 15 minutes he kept on walking in circles around the tents and was murmuring something in a different language. My uncle was literally shaking and his heart was thumping like a truck's engine. Despite of the cold weather outside he was soaked in sweat. He got so scared that he fainted away. The next morning when he came to his senses he saw all his friends sitting near him. They all were worried for him. He then told them what had happened last night and everyone was shocked to hear what had happened last night. They too agreed that they heard weird noise coming from the woods and they too were sensing something sinister but they were too sober to interpret anything. So the shrug it off as their imagination and kept on sleeping. Then they immediately packed up their stuff in the next few minutes and returned back to the city. On their way to home they stopped near a hospital to get checked up. Luckily doctors said he was totally fine. When they were returning back to their car one of the employees of the hospital came up to them and asked if they stayed in the forest last night. He told them that that forest is cursed. They told them that they were lucky that they made it back alive. He said that there's a demon that lives in the forest and he kills anyone who stays inside the forest at night. Almost 15 people had gone missing in those woods with no dead bodies to be found despite the efforts of the forest rangers and the local police. My uncle and his friends were very lucky to have made it back alive and they promised to never visit that place again. This story is, unfortunately, true. I grew up in the Sierra Nevadas. I wasn't big on camping but spent a good chunk of my childhood weekends hiking with family and friends. The summer that I was 16 about 10 years ago, now my cousin, C, had come back from her first year of college, and her boyfriend, J, was visiting. J wanted to go on a hike with lake views, and C and I knew just the one. It was one of our favorites. The three of us set off on this hike. The trail isn't the easiest to find. But it's really popular with locals because of the view and general lack of tourists. We saw a couple of other hikers, some with dogs. It is an in-and-out trail that takes about 2-3 to three hours to the top, 2-3 to three hours back down. There are some smaller trails that branch off. We make it to the top in good time and enjoy our lunches overlooking the lake. After about an hour, we hear a scream in the distance. Specifically, a mountain lion scream. If you've never heard a mountain lion scream, it's really unnerving. It sounds a bit like a very loud, terrified woman screaming. This is not good, because when a mountain lion screams, it's part of a mating ritual. That means there are multiple mountain lions, and close. The bears in the Sierras are softies, but the mountain lions will attack you. They'll attack your pets. They've even been known to attack bikers. Jay was really freaked out. C and I were wary but it wasn't the first time we had heard mountain lions, and we had both seen them before. There was also an incident where, as kids, we laid out some expensive steak in my backyard in the hopes of luring a mountain lion to take pictures of it. It did not work and my mother was unhappy about the stakes. C and I tell Jay that we need to pack it up and get back down the mountain. About 40 minutes into the hike back, Jay realized that he forgot his phone at the lookout and has rushed to leave. Of course. We decided that C and Jay would hike back up to retrieve his phone and I would stay there, on the trail, to warn any other potential hikers that there are lions in the area. This is obviously not ideal for any of us, but seemed like the best choice at the time. I found a nice rock to sit on by the trail and was going through the pictures we took. C and J had been gone for around 50 minutes when I heard the scream again. And it's hard to tell, but I think it's closer than before. I start to freak out, because being alone is not good if the lion is nearby. About 20 minutes after that, I hear the scream again, and there is now zero doubt that it's closer. Logically I know that lions don't scream when hunting they are quiet. If a lion was hunting me, I wouldn't know it. That knowledge did not make me less scared. A couple minutes after that, I hear it again, extremely close by. I'm looking around and trying to find the best place for me to stand, back covered, in case of the worst. Suddenly, I see something out of the corner of my eye. Standing still 20 feet down the trail, a couple feet off of it, is a man. He's completely naked. He's filthy. He's skinny and he's just standing there, looking at me. If you don't know where you're going, it's easy to get lost in the woods around there. And it doesn't take long, being alone, lacking food and water, in the wilderness, to make people a little disorientated. A little crazy. My immediate response is that this man is probably a lost hiker, and judging by how dirty he was, he'd been lost a long time. He needs help. I started walking towards him, Asking if he's okay, I suddenly get this feeling of wrongness. I don't know how else to describe it, but the hair stood up on my neck, I stopped in my tracks, maybe 15 feet away now, and had the overwhelming urge to run. It seemed wrong, he looked wrong in a way I can't quite articulate. Instead of wanting to help I'm now scared. I ask again if he's okay? He looks at me, then opens his mouth wide and screams not a normal scream. He screamed, so loudly. Worse, it sounded just like the mountain lion. It occurred to me that we were probably hearing him the whole time. It was the single most terrifying thing I have ever witnessed. I started screaming too. Why was he just standing there screaming? Do I run? Do I get out the bear mace? Suddenly, he closed his mouth, turned around, and ran into the woods very quickly. He disappeared into the trees, but the feeling of wrongness was still with me. I considered bolting down the trail but decided to wait for C and J, who luckily arrived within 10 or 15 minutes. I told them what happened, and we decided to call it into the rangers when we got service. I've always been left with the unsettling question. Did I see a mentally ill lost hiker, who really needed my help? Or did I see something else, something not human? Mimicking the call of a mountain lion and stalking us down the mountain? This happened a few months ago and has been bugging me. I was out hiking and rappelling with a friend in the hills near Tombstone. I want to mention that I have spent quite a bit of time solo hiking and camping. I am used to hearing noises and brushing it off. Anyways it's late afternoon and I'm first one to rappel down. I got to the bottom and while my partner was getting ready to follow we heard this noise that I would describe most like a growl slash snarl. It sounded like it was coming from the ridge above both of us. If facing the cliff it sounded like it was coming from the right side. We both looked around but didn't see anything. I encouraged him to come down and even half joke that it was probably just a bear or mountain lion. At that point I wasn't even feeling that nervous. I figured that once the two of us were together again we would be pretty intimidating to an animal. While he rappelled down I heard a loud crash to what seemed to be parallel to me on my left. By this point I'm starting to get pretty scared because it was getting closer and also had somehow gone from right to left on an exposed cliff face without either of us seeing it. He successfully repelled down and we both agreed we needed to get the F out of there and we still had a steep downhill climb to the car. We packed up the gear as fast as possible. As we get our packs back on we heard what to me sounded like a howler monkey. The noise was close and we still could not see what was making it. Of course it was from the direction that we needed to go. We hauled ass down the mountain and got in the car. I know that it can be easy to let the mind play tricks, but we had the exact same account of what happened. Now this is the part I hesitate to put in writing because I know it sounds even more insane but we both heard whispering and giggling as if it was right next to us. I keep trying to explain to myself that our minds just played a trick. The first noise I would chalk up to a bear or mountain lion. Animals are stealthy and could run in front of us without us noticing? something else could have fell from the right side what made the monkey noises though why do we both feel like we heard whispering anyone else have creepy experiences in arizona i want to believe someone was pranking us but there weren't any other cars in the parking area my friend believes that we experienced something supernatural i honestly have no idea what to think This happened to a group of us after a deep jeep trip in the bush. Middle of winter and we made it to the trailhead. I was having issues with my quick disconnects for my sway bar as it became loose. I'd tried multiple tools to tighten and they were too weak and would bend. After like 15-20 to minutes a random guy just walks out of nowhere and he asks what the trouble was and had the exact tool to get it fixed. He was just hiking on his own kilometers in the middle of nowhere. We asked if he needed anything and told us he was fine and walked on. We drove back towards town and I swear we never save a parked vehicle. Another time in the same area was on a camping trip with a friend. It is basically pitch black in the bush there as it's so far away from civilization. We went to bed about 11 PM and a short time later, we both saw a bright white light through the roof of our tents for good couple of seconds. It was the brightest white light and there was no sound, movement etc. We eventually both fell asleep and left the next day. Even though this was probably three plus years back I will think about it and my friend and me will talk and they will bring it up sometimes within a few days of my thoughts. To this day we have no clue what it was. I have camped all over that area from 2014 to 2019 and that is the only time I saw something like that at night. The native part of the post above reminded me of a cross-country trip in the northern United States in about 1993 with my family. We were completely lost in South Dakota and we were in the back roads with no sight of civilization. I think we were just trying to make it to a hotel. We were deep in the desert and we basically losing hope of getting anywhere. All of a sudden two native kids ride up on a dirt bike. They saw our van and asked if we were okay and needed help. My mom spoke to them and basically told them we were trying to get to town. She saw something in the younger one's hands and wondered what it was. The kid had a few handmade dream catchers and my mom asked if she could possibly buy them. They were selling them and my mom bought them both. The kids were very happy and gave us very solid directions to town a D said before you go that way turn up ahead and there is a native burial ground cemetery it would be a good idea to visit before leaving the kids went in the opposite direction and we headed in the road they showed us and we stopped at the cemetery and checked it out for a bit we then made it to town we had them dream catchers for years in our bedrooms that was a nice way to get help first time solo camping Young woman. I set up camp and I see the guy in the next space over just staring at me the whole time. I arrived a bit late and hastily tried to put up my broken tent as the sun was setting. I tried waving at the guy no wave back. I was awoken during the night to him yelling at whomever he was sharing his tent with. This was too far out for any cell service. As the sun came up he was still yelling and cursing and having quite the unhappy conversation with whomever was in his tent. I unzipped my window a bit to watch and make sure that it didn't come to blows eventually he came out of his tent, still yelling, and then began to take it down. No other person in sight. I realized that he actually had been alone and talking to himself the entire time. He had been making violent threats at someone he perceived to be there. He appeared to be suffering some type of mental breakdown. I hope he got the help he needed but it made me realize I was just yards away from a situation that could have been very dangerous. The other strangest thing I heard was waking up to the sound of something very large smelling me through my tent on my first night of the John Muir Trail. That really got my adrenaline going. It took off when it heard me unzipping my sleeping bag but not before nearly collapsing my tent onto me by trying to lean on it. This was very recent, 6 days ago to be exact. I am a huge fan of hiking or just simply taking walks in the woods, the only time I go alone is when I am in the woods I live near, this day I was not. I was with my friend Lars in a walk about three hours from my house, we were planning on traveling around and staying at motels in the meantime. That day we decided to take a walk in a popular area for people who like to walk in the woods like me, the catch was that this woods was freaking huge, not really bad to us though, we were thrilled. There wasn't much, it was pretty, we escaped the crowd but every now and then we would see someone walking by. We walked for a while until we got to this spot, not too different from the rest, except for one thing. Nobody else was around in the section, that's why me and Lars took this turn, the other turn had a bit of people. After a while of walking down this path we spotted a man, a naked man. We gave each other the look and turned around, the man was slightly off path, bent over and looking at something. As me and Lars were walking back. Talking about the strange man I heard a voice behind me, I turned to see the man, he was talking to us about the bug he picked up. I got a good look at him, he was a bit tall, nothing crazy, bald with a few brown hair beginning to grow, but completely naked I flashed the man a smile and sped up. We got out of that place as fast as we could, once we got to the car we kinda laughed, yes it was creepy but more weirdly funny. The car ride was nothing so skip to the motel. As we are checking in the motel we see the man walk in, he was a bit hard to recognize considering the fact that now he had clothes, just torn up clothes, he waited behind us in line, good thing we were almost done checking in because as soon as we did we went right to our room and locked it with no thought. Now it was definitely creepy. Was he following us or was it a coincidence? We both decided we weren't going to stay at this hotel for more than a night, heck I don't want to stay one night if it weren't for Lars telling me it's okay. That night Lars wanted to go outside for a cigarette, I don't smoke but no way I was going to stay in this room alone. I followed him outside and we chatted for a bit, after a few minutes I see the guy walk out of the doors. Lars put out his cigarette and began to walk inside. But before we got in the guy pulled out what was probably a knife or something else sharp, it was dark I could barely see, and started carving through his sleeve and right at his arm, I saw liquid trickling to the ground and immediately knew it was blood. I rushed into the lobby and Lars got the idea and followed, we alerted the staff but by the time they got someone to come out, he was gone. To this day I still have so many questions. Did he follow us? Why was he naked? Why was he doing that to himself? I will probably never know the answer but honestly I am still spooked, I don't know what I will do if I see him again, but I hope I don't have to think about that. A camping trip with my class back in 6th grade. The boys were sleeping on bunk beds in a cabin, it was past 11pm, all dark. All of a sudden I was woken up to a loud banging sound, then I heard someone yelling. It was one of my close friend, he's the quiet kid in class who's also a very nice person, so it took me a while to recognize him. He started flipping tables, throwing chairs, and screaming like an animal. His eyes wide open, as he passed the windows, his eyes looked lifeless under the moonlight. To be frank, I was startled, and very afraid. It felt like a demonic force was present in the cabin and my friend was a victim chosen by the supernatural powers to conduct violence. The camp guides eventually grabbed him and removed him from the cabin. But the boys were all awake, still having no idea what just happened, many were afraid. In the next morning, we found out that our friend had a sleepwalking episode, and through his mother, we found out that his sleepwalk episodes tend to be on the violent side. Needless to say, it was scary. It was something beyond my understanding, and when I stared into his eyes, the unknown stared back at me. To this day I still remember those eyes, demonic, possessed, lifeless. I have a few. One I think of a lot is on my longest hike ever, 26 miles at the end of the trail there was a giant 90s computer monitor. I'm sure there's some way to strap it to your back or something but the idea of carrying a big ass monitor that long over that rough of terrain seems crazy to me. There wasn't any actual computer with it so I don't know what the deal with that was. Another time me and my friend were camping in an old mining ghost town and a regular house cat started stalking us. This place has bears, wolves, wolves, and mountain lions so we had no idea how this cat survived there so well. This one other place there was an old abandoned car that every time we went there it was flipped over again. It was on a hiking trail too. Does anyone else find the desert extremely creepy? I've driven through and hiked the desert quite a few times, mostly with my husband and a few times with other family members. And I've driven through it alone. We've encountered a dark, disturbing feeling several times. Despite this, my husband likes the desert. With few exceptions, I don't. Even areas of amazing natural beauty often feel unwelcoming. A few stories, if you are looking for stories to read on your podcast or whatever, ask me first. My husband and I were driving through a secluded canyon when we saw a very large cave entrance up ahead. I remarked that it's too bad we can never access things like this when, surprise, there was a dirt road that turned off in the direction of the cave. We parked in a little open area, hiked across a dry stream, and started along a trail that followed the bottom of a ridge line. This meant we were approaching the cave entrance from the side rather than straight on, and it wasn't immediately visible. We had rounded a bend and could now see the cave through the trees when I was suddenly overwhelmed with a feeling of danger. It was a get out now. Run for your life. Sensation. I told my husband, who later informed me he felt it to a lesser extent, and we immediately turned back. Like a couple of idiots, we hadn't taken any protection with us and I kept expecting an attack from behind, but we made it back safely. In that same canyon, We stopped at another place and walked a short distance back into some rocks, where my husband felt such a disturbing feeling that he waited for me by the SUV while I took pictures. Canyons or washes with steep walls are the worst. During a hike through one of them to look at petroglyphs, there was this dark, foreboding energy the whole time. While we've encountered these sensations in other places, the desert takes first prize. Any spooky desert stories? Is there another type of natural region you think is the scariest? A great blue heron rookery. Got in late car camping and set up camp in the dark. The next morning around dawn or just before we started hearing the most primal guttural alien noises I have ever heard in my life. It seriously sounded like something from Jurassic Park. I was frozen in my sleeping bag as I waited for what I could only assume was some hell beast to tear open my tent and eat me alive. Eventually I got up the nerve, read, had to pee, to get out of my tent, and I looked to find the noise only to see a bunch of big birds and their babies yapping away in the trees above. Several years back me and my group of friends would regularly attend NASCAR races and camp out for the weekend. For anyone unfamiliar it's a lively atmosphere with drinking and partying, lots of tents and RV camping. On this particular trip we wake up hungover and notice we're missing a member of the group. As we all take in our surroundings we see a man pop out of a tent a good 50 meters away and beeline at our way. In his wake a woman and several small children pop out of said tent. The woman's husband was in a different tent and my friend had stumbled in their tent in a drunken haze and slept with the woman and her kids. After about a hour of hard stares, glares and seeing the woman reassure her husband nothing happened we carried on with the weekend. But he will forever be in the wrong tent whenever we go camping. So, this story begins like this, a friend and I were over a week ago, on the 29th of December 2022 to be exact out in town and later that night we drove up to the forest, about a mile up the hill and away from my house. It was around 9 PM when we arrived up there, a very strange night to be honest, the moon was visible behind the clouds and everything was really dark. We pretty much were standing for around 10 minutes next to my car. In the darkness, looking into the forest, having a smoke break. Then, the forest got more quiet, after a guy with a dog came by, nothing unusual. Well, till it got even more quiet, I then spotted some weird lights in the forest, probably half a mile up to a mile inside. Between the trees, it looked like candlelight. By the way, we didn’t had any snow by then for about a week or two. I told my friend and pointed over to the lights, they just shrugged it off and told me, that it was that clear, it could be a house in the distance, but, it wasn't, I knew that for a fact, there was no house, just one further up the road, not over there in that forest. I knew that forest well after all. We were looking and watching for a bit, until a weird feeling hit us, like, we were watched by something hearing some leaves rattle and some branches cracking a bit. Elsewise, those lights looked like they were coming closer, I can swear, I might have heard some voice from where those lights were as well, but, I'm not sure. After finishing the smoke break, we got back into the car, since it felt way too eerie, I even stared over and just said. No worries, we're just visiting and come in peace. I know you were out there. My friend just glared at me, Like I was a madman, knowing that at least one Wendigo and some other beings roamed around in this forest. I told him the stories by the way. Well, nothing eventful afterwards, until. Until I went to bed that following night. I had a strange dream, very lucid, I could say astral again for what it's worth. In the dream, I was going close to the forest, looking down where that swamp was, it was a bright afternoon, middle of the winter, Snow was almost covering everything. It looked similar like these other dreams, in which a Wendigo, which I know quite well now visited me. Speaking of, there was one, not the one I knew, this one. This one was different, looking like a bare skeleton with a skull, a big skull which looks strange, having antlers, and a half-skeleton and rotten like corpse as a body. I stared at it, it looked at me and hauled at me. The sound was, deafening and I only heard A. You know the sound after something loud like an explosion, it was like this, with white noise and static in my vision. A moment later, I was awake. Looking around, saying only. What the F was this? I then turned around and went to sleep again. I fell asleep. And woke up in the same dream. Just. Down there, facing this wendigo. I was mad just mad as hell, for letting out this screecher hall. The next thing I remember is me, bolting towards it, bearing some ungodly wrath, ramming my fist into its ribcage and tearing out its heart. Moments later, I saw him fall apart, letting out a screech, holding his bloody, ice-cold heart in my hand. The following part was more or less fuzzy, not sure, did I or didn't I ate his heart. I later woke up and that was petty much it. Hope you like this one, I know, it's most of the time related but not fully in that forest. I get often this oz or how it's called around here too, this silence. It's been a while since I posted a personal account. This happened two summers ago. It's short but confounding. I was with two friends in my truck, I was driving and it was dark but not necessarily late probably 10pm. We were traveling to Page, Arizona slash Lake Powell from Durango CO and had to pass through Kienta, Arizona, part of the Navajo reservation. Now I had been to Kienta before several years prior with a friend of mine who grew up there. We spent an entire day just having a good time with his people, but as soon as the sun started dropping his mother and grandmother were insisting we get off the res before dark. So I knew it had a reputation for the weird as many reservations do at night. Flash forward and me and my two friends are in the truck. We're all white if that matters. It's a long, straight, unlit two-lane road with classic red desert on both sides in daylight. There's another vehicle coming the opposite way and no crossroad in that stretch. That's important because right before we go past each other something I can only describe as metallic went streaking right between us at a perpendicular. Like feet away from both our bumpers. It looked to be about the size of an SUV, no lights or discernible shape but it seemed smooth. It's a weird comparison but the speeding bullet in Mario Kart is actually what came to mind when it happened. All three of us saw it and I think the other people did too because I saw them hit the brakes in the rear view. Weird.